0: Well, welcome to church. Thanks for being here today. It's awesome to see you. And uh, my name is Brian, for those of you who are new. Anyways, um, years ago, two of my friends were camping in the Rocky Mountains. And it was two men, one tent, that kind of situation. And uh, they were getting ready to to go to bed. Got in the tent, got in their sleeping bags, fell asleep. And my friend wakes up in the middle of the night... And the other guy is touching his beard. It was a really weird moment. And so he touched it once, he touched it twice. And then he jumps up out of his sleeping bag screaming, bear, bear, bear. No joke, true story. It was just actually a beard, right? And a crazy, crazy dream. I don't know, any of you have crazy dreams? We're going to be talking about a dream today as we're in week two a brand new Bible study this summer on the book of Daniel and I'm really loving this book. I hope you are too. If you weren't here last week, we saw that Daniel and his friends were captured and taken captive to Babylon. And Babylon in the Bible is this picture of the ultimate wicked nation and culture. And so here Daniel is, he's a believer in God. He's in ...Babylon, and what's amazing about Daniel, as we look at this story, is that... ...Daniel, as a believer in God, not only survives Babylon, but he thrives in Babylon. And if Daniel can do that in his Babylon-like culture... ...then certainly we, as believers in God today, can learn how to thrive... ...in our modern-day Babylon. Well, today we're in Daniel chapter 2. So if you have your Bible with you, I would encourage you to open it up. We're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 2. And in Daniel chapter 2, it opens with the Babylonian king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And he is having a terrible, terrible dream. Like, it's a bear, it's a bear, you know. He's, his mind is so troubled by this dream, he has to know what it means. And so he brings in his advisors and... Well, if you have your Bible, let's pick it up. Start in Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. It says, In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. And so many of us, we know what this is like. We've been awake in the middle of the night. And fear can do this. Fear can show up in in sleepless nights and unsettling dreams. And what I'm, I'm asking today is what if we could be released from some of the fear and anxiety that keeps us up. And what if we could dream again? What if we could dream bigger dreams and higher dreams and kingdom dreams for our life? That's the transformation God wants to do in our life today. So Daniel chapter 2, it's about a dream, and it's about dreaming a bigger dream for your life. So let's pray, and then we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that we get to be here at church, and we get to study your word. God, I just pray that you would open up our hearts to receive kingdom dreams for our life. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're looking at this idea of dreams, and Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And just like Nebuchadnezzar, dreams can be terrifying. I don't know if you've ever had just a crazy, crazy dream, but our dreams can be terrifying. And Nebuchadnezzar has a terrible dream. This dream is so disturbing in his mind that he actually calls in his advisors. These are the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. It's a think tank. And so he gets his think tank together. And he wants them to tell him the meaning of his dream. And so the wise men say, sure, tell us the dream. Verse 4. Then the astrologers answered the king. May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream. And we will interpret it. But listen to Nebuchadnezzar's response, verse 5. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was, now he's saying, you've got to tell me the dream, not just the interpretation. If you don't tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. Dude's got anger issues. You realize this is Daniel's boss. He has a crazy, crazy boss. Not, maybe this is your situation. I don't know. But he, uh, he is a crazy boss. And Daniel's a, or excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar is a smart guy. And he's saying, how do I know that you can tell me the interpretation? He says, tell me the dream. ...then I'll know you can tell me the interpretation. He's putting them to the test. They're supposed to have this supernatural insight. Well, of course the magicians and astrologers, they don't like this one bit. And they balk and they scream and they push back. Verse 10. The astrologers answer the king. There's no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician... ...or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. This is impossible! No one can reveal it to the king... ...except the gods. And they don't live... ...among humans. And this makes Nebuchadnezzar very, very angry when he hears that this is impossible. He is not like that, so. It's made the king so angry and furious... ...he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. remember, Daniel and his friends, they're a part of this group. And so, men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends. To put him to death. You know, sometimes we say around here, you never know what you're going to wake up to. Could be a terrifying dream, could be a, a nightmare situation. And dreams can be terrifying. I found this infographic of common dreams. This is quite terrifying. Have you had one of these common dreams? Falling, being chased, naked in public, losing teeth, failing a test, flying. Anyone have one of these common dreams? Ah, This is terrifying, right? So mine is always the uh, failing the test. You know, I'm sitting there in my desk at school and the teacher comes by and she puts a test... On my desk. And I'm looking at it. And I did not study for this test. I don't know any of the answers. And I'm freaking out. And I wake up and it's this terrible, terrible dream. And of course, I know what that is. That's fear showing up in the night. I'm afraid that I'm going to face some situation that I'm not going to be prepared for. And so dreams are like this. And when we go to bed at night, our fear doesn't go to bed at night. Our fear goes to bed with us. It wakes us up in the night. And sometimes fear can feed off of these impossible situations. And maybe for you it's... it's this feeling of anxiety about... about one of your children. You can't sleep. Or maybe it's... it's worry and you're tossing and turning because you're so worried about... a financial situation. What's well, usually for me, it's, it's my mind doesn't stop racing. because I'm thinking about a decision or I'm thinking about a situation. And that's what fear does. Fear keeps us up at night. And, and dreams can be terrifying and they draw on these impossible situations and we toss and we turn. But what if we could actually dream again? It's a powerful thing to dream again. To dream with God and to dream again. You know, our story doesn't just have one dream. Our story has two dreams. The first dream is King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And of course he has this, this vivid, terrifying dream. And he wants his think tank to tell him the dream and the interpretation. They're saying, this is impossible. And as they make their case for why... It's so, why this is impossible. I want you to listen again to what they said. It's caught my attention. Verse 11, they said, What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And this is what they say, And they do not live among humans. Very interesting, right? And in, in some way they're Right. If the God, if if there is no God among humans, this is an impossible situation. And there is no hope, and this story is over. But isn't it interesting when the impossible situation comes knocking on Daniel's door? And how Daniel responds. He's not afraid. He's not without hope. Why? Because Daniel knows something. Daniel knows that there is a God in heaven who lives among men. And he says, let's give this God a shot at an impossible situation. And I love what he does. Verse 16. So let's give God a chance. Let's dream again. Dream again. Verse 16. At this, Daniel went into the king and he asked for time. That he might interpret the dream for him. This is the excellence of Daniel. This is the wisdom of Daniel. You ever had just a a big, hairy monster knock on the door, a big, impossible situation? What do we do? We panic, but Daniel, in his wisdom, says, Hold on, I'm going to stand still and I'm going to ask for more time. Some of you, this might be it for today. You know what? I just need to slow down and ask for some more time. It's the excellence of Daniel. There's so much wisdom here. And then he gets his friends together. And I love this, they pray. There's a God in heaven who lives among men, so let's see what God can do. Verse 17, Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. This is a tough, tough situation. And they're crying out to God, begging God for mercy. And it is amazing. Here comes the second dream. Dream again. Verse 19. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. I love it. Daniel's asleep. Sometimes worry keeps us awake at night. He prays and he sleeps. Daniel praised the God in heaven and said, Praise be to, to the name of the God. Excuse me. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we asked of you. You've made known to us the dream of the King. And I just love this moment because there is a God in heaven who lives among us. And he hears our prayers, and he answers our prayers. He gives wisdom to those who ask. I love James 1.5, says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Because God gives generously to all. Do you need some wisdom today? There is a God in heaven who lives among us. And if you're in an impossible situation like Daniel, I just encourage you today to do what he did. To stand still. To pray. And to dream again. To dream with God? What if we began to dream with God? Because there is a God in heaven who lives among us. Now, how do I know this? I know this because Jesus came. And Jesus was God among us. And He died on the cross for our sins, He rose from the dead. And when you invite Jesus into your heart, into your life, you are inviting God into your life. We talk about sin, and sin is what separates us from God. And Jesus dies on the cross for our sins so that we can be forgiven, so that we can have a relationship with God. And when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. So the God of heaven lives among us. He lives among men and women. It's powerful. It wasn't long ago that my wife and I we found ourselves in an impossible situation. You never know what you're going to wake up to, and we woke up to a backed-up sewer. That was fun, and that backed-up sewer turned into crumbling sewer lines. It's Orangeburg pipe. It's just crumbling, which led to digging up our whole front yard led to needing to replace all the sewer lines from the house all the way into the street. And the bill was $25,000. Don't have that. <laughs> and so we, we began to pray and just, you know, okay, God, what are you doing here? Because there's a God in heaven that lives among men. And we, when we find ourselves in impossible situations, it's good to go, okay, God, what are you doing here? And I actually asked the company, I said, what's the chance that my homeowner's insurance is going to cover this? And they said, you know what? Actually, not a very good chance because 99% of homeowner's insurance policies doesn't cover this. And I said, great. And you get that sick to your stomach feeling. But I just reached out. I called our insurance. Turns out we had the one insurance that covers sewer line replacement. Get this. Up to... Now, God did an an amazing miracle. And, And if he wouldn't have come through that way, he would have come through another way. See, our God is the God of the impossible. And he is the God of the possible. And so when you face a terrifying dream situation, I just invite you today to begin to dream again and to dream with God. Because there is a God in heaven who lives among men. And your situation is not an impossible situation to the God of the impossible and the God of the possible. So we dream, again, we dream with God. But don't stop there. Dream a bigger dream for your life. And I love the story and how Daniel brings King Nebuchadnezzar both the dream and the interpretation God has revealed some things to Daniel as he's dreamt again. And so he, he brings this dream to King Nebuchadnezzar. And I love how he sets it up because Daniel realizes the power of this moment. He's coming before a king who knows absolutely nothing about the God of heaven. and So he stands here before this king that knows nothing about God. And he has an opportunity to say, King Nebuchadnezzar, there's a God in heaven who lives among us and he's reaching out to you. And sometimes we have those moments in our life where we have an opportunity to represent God before people who may not know God. It's a powerful moment. And so Daniel says to the king, here's your dream. Verse 31. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance, The head of the statue was made of pure gold. Its chest and arms of silver. Its belly and thighs of bronze. Its legs of iron. Its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out. But not by human hands. In other words, this is something God is doing. Not by human hands. This rock or this stone struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. It's crushed into dust. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. And I can just imagine King Nebuchadnezzar's draw, jaw just hits the floor as Daniel tells him his dream down to the exact detail. And it's this huge, colossal statue. Dazzling, awesome appearance. And, you know, who knows what it looked like, but there's this, this graphic of the differing metals that make up the statue. There's a rock that comes in, and that rock crushes the statue, and it becomes a great mountain. Well, Nebuchadnezzar is all ears. And so Daniel gives the interpretation, verse 38. He says, you, King Nebuchadnezzar, are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron. For iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. And just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron. So this will be a divided kingdom. So, what is this statue all about? This statue represents the story of great kingdoms and empires that would reign on the earth. And Daniel even said, he said, this is what is going to happen in days to come. It's it's prophecy, it's prediction. This is what's going to happen in days to come. And it is exactly what unfolds on planet earth in the days to come. Go back to our graphic. Daniel says, you, Nebuchadnezzar, are that head of gold. I'm sure he loved that, on the head of gold, you know, sweet. And that is the Babylonian Empire. You can see the dates of that empire. After you, Daniel says, another kingdom will arise. I'm not sure Nebuchadnezzar wanted to hear that. There would be, his kingdom would fall and another kingdom would rise. I think he thought, my kingdom will last. Forever, as we so often do. But in 539 BC, the Medo-Persian Empire came in and conquered Babylon under Cyrus the Great. Then he says a third kingdom will come, which will rule the earth. It's a kingdom of bronze, and of course, the great kingdom in the Bronze Age, it's the Greek kingdom, and. Under Alexander the Great, Greece ruled the world. You remember Alexander, you know, basically created the largest empire the world had ever seen. At least until the Romans rolled in. A fourth kingdom, a kingdom of iron, as iron crushes everything. These are the gladiators, and they came in, breaking and smashing everything, and then gets down to the feet. It says this is a divided kingdom. It's interesting when you come to the feet. Because at the feet, the iron mixes with the clay, right? And and iron and clay don't hold together. What's, What's incredible to me about this great, awesome statue is that it's standing on feet that cannot hold together. Just like iron and clay cannot hold together. Just like feet of clay and iron break apart. And of course, all the great empires of this earth have fallen when the feet begin to crumble. When the foundations begin to crumble. It speaks of instability. It speaks of division. Things coming apart. And so our statue seems to be going from bad to worse. But what I love about this dream is that God is at work. And even as we look at history, we understand that it is His story. This is God's story. He is, writing, he is writing a story on the earth today. And that's what this stone and this mountain represents. Take a look at verse 44. What is, what is the stone? What is this mountain? Verse 44, Daniel interprets the dream. He says, In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it itself will endure forever. Isn't this an incredible verse? See, God is setting up a kingdom on, on earth. And it is a God kingdom. It will endure forever. It will not be shaken or destroyed. You say, oh, I know what that is. Yes, you're right. That stone is Jesus. Remember, he himself called himself the stone the builders rejected. Jesus came announcing the arrival of God's kingdom. He said, the time is fulfilled. Daniel says, in the days of those kings. And Jesus says, under the Roman rule, he says, the time is fulfilled is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Dream again. Dream bigger. Dream with God. There is a kingdom coming to our world, and it is a kingdom that will never be destroyed. And so this dream, this dream is not just for Nebuchadnezzar, is it? This is God's dream for the world. And that's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is God's dream for the world. And Daniel actually gives us a clue. It's very interesting. Daniel chapter 1 is written in Hebrew. Hebrew is the language of the Jewish people. This is very interesting. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel's writing this. He switches... From writing in Hebrew to writing in Aramaic. What's Aramaic? Aramaic is the language of the world of that day. It is the language of the people. And Daniel's saying, guys, this is God's dream for the world. And God has left us this dream in the book of Daniel so that we will understand the days and the times that we are living in. The Bible talks about the sons of Issachar who understood the times so they knew what to do. And we need to be like the sons of Issachar. We need to understand the days and the times that we are living in. Because so much of this world that we are living in is feet of clay. And we look at our world, we look at America and all the things that are happening around us and it feels like things are coming apart at the seams. It feels like the iron and the clay is beginning to crumble and fall apart. And so yes, in our day, in our time, we are experiencing an instability and a division unlike anything we have ever seen. And at times we can, we can watch the news, we can read the stories, and, and we actually become very discouraged or even angry or negative. But that is not the full story of what God is doing on the earth today. Because God is writing a kingdom story that began with Jesus. God's kingdom is coming. His will is being done. And I just want to encourage you today that God is moving in power around the world today in ways unlike we have ever seen before in the history of the world. Do you realize that more people have come to Jesus in our generation than at any other generation in the history of the world? In the last 40 years, the Church of Jesus Christ has more than doubled. And wherever the Kingdom of God is being planted, we are seeing not only lives transformed, but we're seeing things like poverty, injustice, illiteracy, Um, human trafficking, and all these other ills being radically transformed by the presence of the kingdom. And what we need to understand is that the solution to the problems of this world is not a political solution. It is a kingdom solution. And that's why we want to see God's kingdom go all around the world today. And how many of you here today, as you look around, as you are looking at what's going on around you, you would say, you know what? The world around me needs a little more of the kingdom. And that's what, that's what we're seeing today. We're saying the world around us, not just the faraway countries, but no, the world around me needs a little bit more of the kingdom. We need a little bit more of heaven on earth. And in just a few months, we are going to do a course called The Tangible Kingdom. And I just want to encourage you for a second, because what is this course about? It is not just another program. If you take this as another study or another program, you're going to miss what God wants to do in your life. This course is about dreaming a bigger dream for your life so that this real, tangible kingdom is not only real to you, but it's becoming real and tangible to the people around you. Just like Daniel helped King Nebuchadnezzar, see God's kingdom in a real intangible way. And that's what this course is about. And I love Nebuchadnezzar's response because his heart is so stirred and impacted by this. He even says, surely, surely your God is the God of God's. His heart is stirred. So, church, there is a God in heaven who lives among us. His kingdom is real. It is tangible. It's changing lives. It's changing blocks. It's changing neighborhoods. It's changing cities and nations. And we get to be a part of that. So I invite you today to dream again. Take those terrifying dreams to the God of heaven and dream again. And dream with God and dream a bigger dream for your life, a kingdom dream. You know, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But you don't have to worry about the world around you if Jesus Christ is inside of you. Because his kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. So let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you that your kingdom is coming, and we get to be a part of it. And we remember, God, that it was only by your grace. Somebody came to us and said, believe the gospel, dream a bigger dream. So today we have the opportunity to dream again, to dream with God and to dream bigger and higher dreams for our lives. So our, our simple prayer today is, Jesus, I give my life to you. And I invite your kingdom to come and your will to be done in my life today. pray for those who are facing impossible situations. God of heaven, speak into those situations. Let your presence be felt. Let your wisdom be made known. Jesus, thank you for the great things you're doing, even in this church and in this neighborhood. Help us to dream bigger dreams for ourselves. For the people in our life for our children Mm -hmm. for our future for our country god would you do a work in our nation thank you that your kingdom is an eternal kingdom and though all the things shake around us you cannot be shaken and we will not be shaken because you are with us we love you god we give you our lives. In Jesus' name.